You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. For this episode, we'll be talking about Neil Young with Crazy Horse. Everybody knows this is nowhere. And in the room, I have Rob and Ben. They're both doing air guitar right now. (laughs) Everybody Knows This Is Nowhere is the second studio album by the Canadian musician Neil Young, released May 14, 1969 on Reprise Records. The producer was Neil Young and Dave Briggs. The genre is country rock and hard rock. And from All Music Review, William Ruhlman. Neil Young's second solo album, released only four months after his first, was nearly a total rejection of that polished effort. Though a couple of the songs, Roundabout, It Won't Be Long, and The Losing In, When You're On, shared that album's country folk style, they were altogether livelier and more assured. The difference was that, while Neil Young was a solo effort, everybody knows This Is Nowhere marked the beginning of Neil Young's recording association with Crazy Horse. With them, Young quickly cut a set of loose, guitar-heavy rock songs, Cinnamon Girl, Down by the River, and The Cowgirl in the Sand, that redefined him as a rock and roll artist. The songs were deliberately underwritten and sketchy as compositions, their lyrics more suggestive than complete, but that made them useful as frames on which to hang the extended improvisations. Young lowered his voice from that of a near falsetto employed on his debut to a more expressive range, and he sang with greater confidence. Everybody Knows This Is Nowhere was breathtakingly different when it appeared in May of 1969, both for Young and for rock and roll in general, and reversed his commercial fortunes, becoming a moderate hit. A year and a half after its release, it became a gold album and has since gone platinum. All right, what do we think of Neil Young Crazy Horse? Go ahead, Rob. Oh, I fucking love it. Yeah. 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 This this is... I <laughs> coming off of Crosby, Stills, Nash, Nash and Young, and uh, whatever they have, the birds, the, the birds, and whatever the fucking Buffalo Springfield. Buffalo Springfield. Yeah. Holy shit! Neil Young, like, uh, and with Crazy Horse, which is important uh, because his first his first outing without them wasn't as nearly as cool sounding. But yeah, just like opening fucking track with Cinnamon, Cinnamon Girl, uh, and the guitar tone is just so heavy. And it's early he, '90s Seattle guitar. Yeah, tone. and he's just kicking into like the Neil Young one note solo <laughs> directly yep. off, yep. and he never looked back. Nah, it it, it it's great. Like the, this whole record, like uh, backwards and forwards, every track on it is solid, and it still sounds awesome. I fu- I, I fucking love it. I'm a big Neil Young fan, and this is my favorite Neil Young record. Really? Yeah. I, okay. I love Everybody Knows This Is Nowhere. I think the title track doesn't get the credit it's due. I think so, too. I think the title track is such a tight jam. Uh, yeah, like what Rob was saying about Cinnamon Girl, just 
right off the bat, just with that crunching guitar. Uh, the one-note guitar solos, uh, Cinnamon Girl, Down by the River, and Cowgirl in the Sand. I, re- I read today that he wrote all three of those songs uh, while, while in bed with a high fever, like just like delirious from fever, wrote all three, all three of those songs. Like... <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I like Neil Young records with and without Crazy Horse, but I think it was such a good move on his part to... Just get this, like, there's no virtuosos in the band Crazy Horse. You know, they they are sloppy in a good way, but they put, like, tone and feel above all else. And, and like, with Neil Young, it just, it works really well. Yeah, him. something clicks when, yeah. when they're playing together. It's something that you can't quite, it's... I would say it's almost like his voice, where you can't quite put your finger on why it's so good mm-hmm. mixed in. It's like a little, it's like an extra spice that you wouldn't think fits into a, like a dinner or something. Like You know, like yeah. it just has that quality that you're always thinking, it sounds off. You know, like his voice has the sort of weird falsetto and he does some vibrato with it. Warbly. Warbly, yeah. And it, but it just feels completely right, uh, especially with the sort of um, country music that he's presenting. It's almost yeah. that like uh, westerny uh, nasal or something like yeah. that that he presents with it. Yeah, I thought this album, I was, I loved it. Yeah. yeah it I, was a pleasure to listen to. Um, seriously, like it, 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 it made me feel good while I was listening to it. Like, yeah. you know, just like, which I can't say a lot <laughs> yeah. of, of the records we've been listening to yeah. necessarily. I was trying that. to put my finger on why I like this one so much more than The Birds, right? Because you... It's, it's you, better. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Coming from a Birds fan. <laughs> are, are you talking like Sweetheart of the Rodeo? Yeah, or? Sweetheart of the Rodeo. Okay, so we got that one and I was, I was like so-so on it. You know, I thought, okay, but I feel like I would I would say what Ben said beforehand. It's Crazy Horse not putting the brunt of it on technicality, but more yeah. uh, fe- feel and style. And the one thing the birds don't understand is feel or style. <laughs> okay, okay, that's that's kind of where I was going with it. I mm-hmm. I kind of felt the same way. He also has a more, I would say, western style than maybe the birds were going more for the Nashville. It, uh, they straight up were and yeah. uh, Bakersfield or some you know some, those kind of thing and he is more in with the Johnny he's with mixing with Johnny Cash and sort of that birds were trying to go they were they were they were attempting to go as traditional as they could like they were trying to be sincere and yeah. traditional like which screwed them old school Nashville <laughs> well I still think you know I love, it's a I good love album, that record but yeah where like well where Neil Young is in inventing grunge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and, and I would say that this is uh, less less country, more folk. Okay, but not but like it, it's folk that doesn't make me want to punch a hippie. <laughs> it, it, it's so weird. I, I don't understand how the Canadians were so much better at doing this shit than the Americans were at this point. Well, I, I, or, well sorry, one, there's there's two Canadians. There's a dude from the band, and then Neil Young. Well, the in my opinion, the best dude from the band was the American dude in the band. Oh, so there was a bunch of Canadians and the and, American. Yeah. <laughs> okay, never mind. Each song feels right. They and it's all within this forty minutes, right? Mm-hmm. It comes come 
He reigns it in, even though two of the songs I think are pushing what eight minutes. Over eight he, minutes. He yeah. goes on these extended solos. I thought it was interesting that he, they sort of play with that as a band. You can definitely see where it would transition into a live set, mm-hmm. but not so overwrought with just you know soloing that it's not enjoyable to listen to. Can we talk about the solos? Yeah. I think these His are one note solos. Yeah, one note, and then even when he, even when he, like, like adds a pickup. <laughs> well, d- down by the river, he it's one note for the first thirty-eight notes, you know, and then but it's a, <laughs> but it's like a two and a half, three minute long solo. The first solo, he eventually moves away from the one note, but he still keeps the like in in just writing that one note. He's kind of setting the tone for the whole solo. That even when he does throw a few more notes into the bag, it still like fits that theme. Yeah, the pedal tone's still there in your brain. Mm-hmm. And there's, I read a quote by a uh, uh, Rolling Stone writer, Rob Sheffield, that I just I just wrote it down verbatim because it, I think it's the best description of that solo. He says. Uh, it's a long, violent guitar jams rambling over the nine-minute mark with no trace of virtuosity at all, just staccato guitar blasts sounding as though Neil Young is parachuting down into the middle of the Hatfield-McCoy feud. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. I love it. <laughs> He just he does what he knows, and he does it with such he does it with he does such it style expertly. He's yeah. he, he's like a, a minimalist. Yeah, his like his guitar playing all over this record. I think that he does so much more with so much less than all of San Francisco. Yeah, you know, like he only needs a few notes, and and he will like squeeze more expression out of them than than someone you know like. Two hand tapping with all the notes, you know. Uh, so shortly after he did this album, didn't he? He joined uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. Exactly, which only boosted his popularity and kind of brought this album more attention. Um, I think that's why it went gold so soon. Is that you know he was part of this other group that had already had name recognition, so it kind of a. Uh, Brought him up. He wasn't a superstar yet, 
but he had a bit of name recognition, right? Like through like Buffalo Springfield, and he already had a solo album out. Probably had yeah. a few minor hits on it. Yeah, but I think that really elevated him once he got in this super group. Then it was, you know, people were paying a lot more attention to him. Uh, in the 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 group did win uh, 1969 Best New Artist uh, at the Grammy Awards. Neil Who, Young with Crazy Horse. No, Crosby still Nash and Young. Okay. <laughs> if only good luck <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and what a better place we'd be in right now Jeff Road Tall <laughs> so uh, the, the crazy horse with Neil Young is Neil Young and, and three guys mm-hmm. uh, before Neil Young renamed them crazy horse they were a band called what the Rockets I believe yeah and Rockets was like a five or six piece band, and they had their own singer songwriter, which obviously Neil Young did not need. You know, mm-hmm. so I was reading a quote from I wish I had written down the verbatim quote, but this guy George or whatever, like the frontman for the Rockets, he was kind of under the impression that like that it was awesome that Neil Young was showing interest in his band. Like he, Neil Young would like come to Rocket shows and like jam on stage with them. It was like helping the Rockets career. And then Neil Young wanted to use like their rhythm section and get, and lead guitarist, and he wanted to like record an album and do a tour. And the frontman for the Rockets thought like, okay, so like he's, these guys are gonna like do a tour with Neil Young, and then they're gonna come back, and Neil Young's gonna help us with like the new Rockets record. He goes, it wasn't for a year and a half until I realized that Neil Young stole my band. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, and, and he did. <laughs> he did. And he did. <laughs> and he made a better band. Yeah, I would probably say. <laughs> Dims the brakes. <laughs> He's a cranky old man. I mean, what are you going to do? Hello, cowgirl in the sand. Hello, cowgirl in the sand. Is this place at your command? Can I stay? They performed at Woodstock, Crosby, Still, Nash & Young, and he told the cameraman he was going to hit him with his fucking guitar if he didn't stay away from him. <laughs> I mean, he's like the classic get-off-my-lawn uh, like in this, He's what, like his like, mid-20s. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he was born old, man. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, born wise. Absolutely. Um, I was going to say one more thing about this record too one of my favorite parts is so he does a lot of the vibrato with his voice and everything but i notice on round and round it won't be long he does a tremolo effect with his voice which he like makes it loud and is he doing that naturally or is it going like through a leslie or what i think it's natural yeah i'm not sure um i don't know if there's any way i could tell but it was very cool it is like one of the coolest effects um uh, that fits right in with the song, and I'm a, I'm kind of a big fan of tremolo guitar, and it's all over this record. I mean, there's sort of a sparseness to this record. It's got crunch. It's got that like fuzz crunch, amazing guitar mm-hmm. tone. First off, 
And then that tremolo fits right in with this sort of laid back playing and everything. Yeah. Such a cool sound. Like I said, first record we listened to in a while where I was just happy listening to our record. And like, it's because it's super fucking good. It's got a murder ballad on it. Sure does. Mm. Yeah. Haven't had one of those in a while. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, the last record in this book that we got to that kind of sounds like this, you could maybe argue the Folsom Prison. Like Johnny Cash, a little bit, just kind of having the some motifs or whatever. But I was gonna say uh, the uh, Marty Robbins, Gunfighter. Okay, so you're, you're talking about like subject matter, just sort of feel, or like crunchy distortion, just kind of feel. <laughs> the, the Marty Robbins and his distorted guitars. Actually, I mean, you could say the Birds, obviously, but oh, but we don't okay. want to. No, we don't. <laughs> I like the Birds. Get out of here. <laughs> Go on. I said get. Get. <laughs> uh, the album peaked at number 34 on the U.S. Billboard 200. That's 33 too low. During a... Uh, what's that? That's 33 too low. Yeah. <laughs> uh, during a 98-week chart stay in August of 1970. Certified platinum, obviously. As well it should be. Yeah. All right, so how do we... Do we even have to go around the room? Hell no. no. This, song, this album rips. Yeah. Go out and fucking listen to this record. Feel, go, go feel better. I, how I, much would you pay for this? I have paid... I think I paid like $12 for it. it good condition used. And I listen to it all the time. Like this one... I've got like my shelf of records, and then I've got like a box, like a crate next to my turntable, just kind of like currently playing, and it just lives there. Like I, I listen to this... Probably every couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Highly recommended. Definitely needs to be in this book. Um, I'm sure we'll get Harvest, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Absolutely. And After probably... Trans and everybody's rocking. Well, okay. probably the uh, Neil <laughs> Young Crazy Horse. Is it Rust Never Sleeps? Or yeah. We'll get... The, we'll, the live record? Or at least a live yeah, record. Might even get uh, After the Gold Rush. Oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. 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 We'll get both those. Hey, hey, yeah. my, my, and my, my, hey, hey. Both of them, y'all. <laughs> so, yeah. Well... A lot more uh, Neil Young. All right, cool. Well, that makes it easy. Always welcome. Always welcome in my ears, Mr. Young. Uh, Next time we'll be talking about Captain Beefheart and his magic band, Trout Mask Replica. All right, thanks, y'all.